Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Jason Hubbard with us here this morning. Jason has been our chaplain for many years. Jason, you really have you haven't been on the radio program for some time. And so coming in today and, and as we talk here and talking about some of the things that have occurred and have brought you up to where we are currently uh, with your new wife, T- Tara, and the, the six children. The, you know, I always say this, and I say it jokingly, uh, when you go home and you have teenagers in the house, uh, there's really the instruction book we know is the Bible, but boy, there's a lot of areas you have to learn on your own. <laughs> especially in today's culture. Yes, especially in today's culture. Yes. Or your experiences may illuminate those passages in the Bible, so it goes the other way around, right? <laughs> right. Like, oh, yeah, they did. It did. Yeah, yeah, Scripture did know what they were talking yes. about after all. <laughs> now I get that. That's you correct. Know? I mean, that's, that's the way it works, I think. So let's talk oh. a little bit about what's uh, going on here for you at the mission and some of your responsibilities. Uh, as Kurt had mentioned, Gary Meeks, uh, you were underneath him. Uh, he he taught you a lot of things. Uh, Gary Meeks has retired. You guys are still very close. Uh, Gary and Lola, uh, they play a very important p- uh, part uh, of your family. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what has what what are some of your responsibilities. Yeah, so on, on the day-to-day responsibilities for, for me, one of the things that, that I do is uh, we do the initial intakes for men coming in looking for help. Uh, over the course of the last several years, there have been some things that have remained the same and some things that have changed. For instance, crack and alcohol are continually issues that men are going to battle. However, most people listening today know that we've been in the middle of an opiate crisis, mm-hmm. uh, and, and unfortunately that has impacted a number of us on staff here because men that we have come to know and love and even some men who have spent significant amounts of time here with us have lost their lives uh, Mm -hmm. due to drug overdose Uh, and that's a very hard thing to to walk through to to do Um, but now we are seeing the pendulum shift again to where we're seeing less opiate addicts and an extremely high number of meth addicts. Mm-hmm. And so one of the initial things that I do is they come in and they meet with us. And we, want to, we want to be upfront with men about who we are as a program, that, that what they're going to hear is not behavior modification, but it's gospel transformation. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for us to submit our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? And so we went through a few years ago and really kind of evaluated our program. We really wanted to set out what are our core objectives. And so the first thing was we want men to find freedom from life-dominating sin issues. Uh, Because the way that we would view addiction is addiction is merely the fruit. So we need to get down to the root Mm -hmm. issue with things. And so we want to examine issues like guilt and shame and anger and loneliness. Uh, And one of the great things that the Lord has done for us in that is that the Lord has built a great partnership with Emerge Ministries. Mm -hmm. And, And so I do not consider myself a counselor per se uh, because sometimes there are needs and wounds that are greater than what I feel I am capable of addressing and so the Lord uh, we partner with them through some of this mm-hmm. and so we want men to find freedom from life dominating issues sin issues number two we want to provide a biblical worldview and so part of what we do with that is we have two evening courses that we offer one is called the roots of faith it takes 50 Old Testament pictures and 50 New Testament pictures and just tries to give the guys a robust view of Scripture and how God has acted throughout history. 
And then in the other evening class is called The Quest for Authentic Manhood, where we want to talk about what does biblical masculinity look like. And so we want to teach men to learn to love, uh, to be leaders in the home, in the church, and in the community as a whole, and to develop a servant's heart through that. Uh, part of the, uh, the third issue, the third program objective, rather, uh, would be that men would find healthy community and establish healthy community. And so, again, this goes back to the idea of mentoring. And so our men are not only required to attend church on Sundays, they're also required to become part of a small group uh, by the time they're here for so long. And then they're re- they are required to develop to get a mentor while they are here. And the mentors have to be approved by me. So all of the mentors come in and meet with me because we want to make sure that this is going on a path toward discipleship, that this simply isn't, uh, you know, um, a guy who's been clean for two months trying to help another guy who's been clean. Right. And so we, we want to make sure that it's godly men mm-hmm. uh, who are involved in the local church who are walking alongside of our guys. Our, yeah. of our guys. Yeah, what was the small group component of that you mentioned? I, thought I heard you say small group. Yeah, all of our men are required to attend a Sunday morning small group, ABF, oh, whatever okay. whatever core group, the whatever, the, whatever yeah. the church, yep. whatever gotcha. their local church happens to call them. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. There's a fourth one? Yeah, the fourth, the fourth program objective is that men would uh, find long-term employment. So what we don't want is we don't want guys just working out of temporary agencies. Uh, and we don't want guys jumping on the first job that just comes along. We want this to be something that they know that they can be at for an extended period of time. And then the last one is that men would obtain sustainable housing. So what we don't want we don't want people coming through the program and then moving back home with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. We don't want them living in, moving into a sinful situation and relationship. We don't want the guys moving into a rooming house because while that may sound good, that sets them up for an opportunity for relapse because sure. if another person in the home is using, then sure. – and so we want them to get their own place, be responsible for paying their own bills, and to be up on – uh, their own feet. And we partner with our aftercare coordinator, Rob, who really helps the guys when they get to that phase. Okay. Well, you know, Jason, uh, listening to those five uh, points that you just brought out, you know, our, our theme this year for our uh, dinners at our regional banquets is changed hearts, changed lives, one story at a time. And as we look and hear what you're saying, uh, changing their environment is huge as well. We sure don't want somebody leaving and going back into an environment that is actually going to pull them exactly back into what they just came out of. Yeah, I mean, certainly we would encourage guys to, to uh, part of establishing healthy community is making sure that we're not moving right back into the same areas and the same neighborhoods and things that, that whether we were just coming out of. You know, and the flip side of that is we have seen how men have left here and have not done well and have relapsed, and yet we have seen the mentors from the relationships they develop here for the mentors to continue to pursue them and help them get back up on the right track. And, and, and it's been absolutely encouraging uh, in that respect, and it's just so vital that guys know that they have somebody there that they can continue to reach out and talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a number of men who will still call me and text me and just let check in and let me know how they're doing 
or even if they're struggling, they'll still reach reach out to it. Well, <clears throat> it makes me think of, uh, you know, isolation is a huge, huge issue that goes hand in hand with relapse or goes hand in hand with um, just, if you want to call it falling out of fellowship or uh, it goes against community, maybe you can speak, you know, speak to that that issue because that's yeah. you you already kind of have been uh, yeah one of the things that i tell guys on the program is sin separates sin separates it, it separates us first and foremost from the lord we, you know we're still his children but we have broken that fellowship uh that is in there and then because sin separates us then we start to feel the guilt and the shame from that and so i begin to pull back from my brothers and sisters in christ because i'm afraid and embarrassed uh, and, and instead, what I need to do is to be running toward them. Mm-hmm. And since separates us from from our, we're no longer reading our Bible, we're no longer praying, we're no longer doing the things that we know that we need to do. And, and the great thing about the mentoring and the relational component is that you can step back in with the grace and go, no, 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 no. Let's let's get you pointed back to Jesus. Well, here. and and the uh, the other thing that separates you from is your uh, Christian brothers who don't then know what your struggle is so they don't really know how to um join you and support you and pray for you i mean they don't they're kind of rendered uh helpless at that point too one of the things i always tell tell the guys is you know not everybody needs to know your business but somebody needs yeah to know it and so whatever local church you are committing to to committing to be a part of that local body, you need to go in and sit down and have a conversation with somebody in a position of leadership there. Well, somebody on the pastoral team, one of the elders, uh, someone like that who, who can you can be open and honest with and share the struggles and say, hey, if you see me a pattern of me missing church and stuff here, please check in on me mm-hmm. because I'm probably not doing well. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Kurt and Jason, in our last couple minutes here, uh, I want to ask another question here stories of impact in any since you've been in the mission here what have you seen as maybe a story that really impacted your life well one of the guys that i continue to stay in in, in contact with is dan Cherkis. you know dan went through our program here mm-hmm. uh several years ago and has since uh went on to be married and has a successful career as an auto salesman in in Lima. But even more than that, the the Lord has saw fit for him to not only get married, but to gain custody of one of his sons Mm -hmm. as well. And so uh, Dan still comes up every once in a while and volunteers here at the mission, him and his wife. And so we stay in good contact with them. But I can tell you, I could probably tell you countless numbers of men that I still have relationship with. Joe Navis, I get a text from Joe or a call from Joe several times a week, just staying in touch with him. That allows me to check over, stay in touch with Brad, another guy that works with him there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, even here at the mission, we have Joe McDaniel, who went yes. through the program several years ago. And, uh, I know that Joe and I have a good relationship there. And uh, so it's just really nice to see men flourish because that's that's what we want for men that's what one of the things that i tell guys is we want more for you than simply abstinence from drugs and alcohol uh, we want you to, to discover that abundant life that christ offers to us mm-hmm. yeah and you know t- you talk about joe uh, navis I, I still remember with a chuckle uh, a number of years ago where 
uh, the, we had an anniversary banquet all lined up. We had a, a speaker that was coming, and the, the speaker had to cancel the day of and uh, for a family emergency. Yes. And I remember— It was hours before. Yeah, hours before. You and I were talking, and I says, yes. well, maybe we— Maybe maybe Jason's free tonight. Why don't we ask him to see? <laughs> and so, well, I think at hours before you asked Jason, and then you got on a horn with Joe, yep. and you both share your yep. testimony at the like hours before you you like two hours before you you had this plan, probably what you were going to do. I'm going to go home, whatever you know. And then next thing you know, you're dressing up, and coming in, you know, like like you we, like we scheduled you a year ago. You know, the Lord's timing is perfect. Right? Right? Oh, it was. <laughs> it was perfect. Um, I, I I know we're we're uh, closing uh, here soon, but I did want to ask you one thing, and this uh, just trying to bring it back full circle here, but in a way, but you know, with the things that that the Lord has has helped you through, um, and particularly, you know, you that tr- traumatic experience of of losing your wife, and that, and then you know, you talking about remarriage and that. Has any of that, do you feel like that has impacted you at all in terms of how you minister uh, to men on the program? Yeah, it, it, gives, it gives my wife and I both what we would call the unwanted ministry. Uh, I remember reading that in a Tony Dungy book several years ago. He had a son who had committed suicide. I remember that now. Yeah. And, and he said that him and his wife now have what is called the unwanted ministry, mm-hmm. where they have the opportunity to minister to uh, men and women who have lost a child by suicide. And so now my wife and I, we have the unwanted ministry. And it's really interesting because I, there have been several men who have come on the program who have lost a spouse. Uh, and it gives me an opportunity now to really – empathize with what they're going Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. jason you know kurt always a privilege talking to jason here uh as we wrap up here one last question is how can our listening audience pray for you yeah i would certainly just ask that you continue to pray for my family uh specifically the the blending of our family while it's gone great uh so far we just pray that we would continue to uh learn how to shepherd each of these kids hearts because each of these not only are my wife and I still uh, processing and dealing with the grief, but so are all of our children, mm-hmm. all six of them. Yes. And so we would pray that uh, the Lord would just give us wisdom how to best uh, love and lead each one of them. Uh, and even here at the ministry, I would just pray that the Lord would just continue to um, lead and point Jesse and I in the right direction as we try to make this as robust and great as a program as we can possibly be, possibly be to help men. Jason, thanks for coming in today. I've enjoyed asking questions and listening to your answers. (laughs) Thanks for having me.